Yep, we are back with the last uh, session of the current review. Uh, TT Kamsangatu from the TT Hookup with Teboho uh, Kozi from the Unset Podcast. We are on Central News, the current review. Tebza? Uh, yes, my brother. You will lead the session for us, my brother. Yes, sir. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back on, like Mr. My brother said, Mr. T. And it's quite simple. Today we're going to be interviewing somebody who's very interesting because we saw with the current political, um, I'm not going to say climate, I'm going to say the, the political family of South Africa. We have new kids on the block and we will be interviewing. We are joined by Mr. Songezo Zibi. Uh, he's the founder and leader of Rizam Zanzi Political Party, which is a new political party. We saw that it launched a couple of days or weeks ago. And we've been quite, I've been quite seeing it on social media when I turn, uh, whereby I got to understand what is Rise and Zanzi and I got to actually engage with some of its new members who were actually explaining to me what the whole purpose was all about. But quite interesting about it, the founder and, and leader of it, Mr. Zibi, he's, he's from a corporate background. You know, he's been in various in various corporate uh, industries, including Volkswagen SAIC. And he's also been a, he's a former editor of a Business Day, South Africa's top business and economic daily, as well as a notable uh, tenure at Volkswagen SA, like I said. And also he's wrote two books, Raising the Bar and Hope and Renewal in South Africa and manifesto a new version of South Africa. So he's quite a well, how can I put it? Well-oiled machine when it comes to especially the corporate. But I'm quite curious with one thing. Welcome, Wainanda Zibi. And- oh, Thank you very much, uh, Debo. And I'm, I'm gonna shoot straight to the point because I'm quite curious for it. Why rise in Zanzi and why venture into politics? In especially in the current times. So, oh, thank you. So I, you know, I didn't begin my life in corporate. So I'm, you know, some people say I don't look it, but I voted in 94. So I was, oh. I was already around. And, and my political journey is very long. It's just that I took a detour, you know, to once freedom was achieved and, and I finished my studies. And I managed. I was lucky enough to to work for large companies and and get opportunities. But but my political background is in Pan Africanism and Black consciousness, by the way. So in the nineties, mm. I was in the PAC uh, initially, and then um, in the mid nineties, I joined Azapo, and 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 I was a, an Azasco member and activist in uh, at Bee Technical. Uh, in the 1990s. So I'm not new to politics. I come from a very political family. In fact, the local ANC branch in my village is named after my, my uncle. In a way, it's a it's a reconnection with, with my roots because I, you know, I've always been very politically connected anyway. Uh, mm. Even the years I was in, in corporate. But, you know, to be honest with you, the reason I decided to reconnect with politics and on a full-time basis is because 
you know, our country is in trouble. Eh? You know, we all complain and say, oh, but these guys don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're doing. They are this or that or that. But none of us want to then solve the problem. We want to talk about the problem, but we don't want to solve the problem. And and since I was writing the book manifesto, you know, I've got lots of suggestions in there about how to change the country. Now, you can't influence anyone if you're telling them how to change the world, but you're not willing to change it yourself. You, you, you got to show commitment to your own ideas. And that is how in the last couple of years, my, you know, my decision to, to enter politics came about. So with, with, so, with so many problem, problems that you are talking about that, you know, are inflicting South Africa and many of which are political, uh, mm. why, why, why add more problems for South Africans who now have a bigger problem of choosing which political party to vote for instead of yourself joining an existing political party? So, by the way, you know, the biggest, so South Africans don't vote, ne? too many of them don't vote. I don't know if you know, but if you compare eligible voters in 2021, uh, only 38% voted, ne? Uh, 62% did not vote. And the 62% that did not vote were not confused about which party to vote for, so they're so confused they stayed at home. <laughs> uh, that's not the issue. I, I get the argument. The reason they they're not voting is because they don't like what's on the table. And Rise Mzanzi, although we announced it in um, in April this year, we had actually been doing work since the beginning of last year. And we were focusing on one question, two questions. Why are people not voting? And what would make them reconnect with politics? Rise Mzanzi is an answer to those two questions. <laughs> to be honest, we can talk about it, but that's the bottom line. And, and the things that people tell us and show us um, have very little to do with what a whole lot of us, including me as a former journalist, think it is. <laughs> it's not any of the things that we think about, which shows that we don't understand actually voters. Certainly, I have not understood voters. I thought I did. So what would so, so, be the key? Oh. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, Tipsa. So what would be the key priority in terms of what Ryzen Zanzi actually stands for? What are you guys planning to achieve with that? So let, let us talk about make to get the let, let's talk about what people say. Hmm. So one of the, the things that come up more frequently, one of the things we've realized is that uh, politics is an exchange, it's a transaction. And sort out your problem. True. And that's your question. Uh, actually, people don't believe that anymore. They don't believe that anymore. Uh, you can promise all the golden things. They don't listen. They look at their phones and they get up and they leave. <laughs> That's the bottom line. So it's not the thing to do. Uh, people want uh, something that expresses their issues in the way in which they, they experience them. So let me give three examples very quickly. The number one problem in South or the, or one of the top problems in South Africa is hunger. Now, how do we know that? Because when people say we want a job, we ask, why do you want a job? It should be obvious. People put food on the table. So when did you last eat? People tell you, we last, I last ate yesterday. And you're talking to someone at 3 p.m. Mm. That's the day before at lunchtime. Now, that gives you an insight to identify the problem differently because you think differently about the problem. That's number one. Do you know what the, 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 the most prevalent thing is for young people? Because jobs are obvious. It's mental health. Okay. 
people talk about suicide, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and all of these things about just the difficulties they face at home with lack of opportunity, with broken families and so on. You, you can come with us to every meeting, every single meeting. Sometimes they sound like church revival meetings. Once, once people start testifying, man, it's wild. Now, I've given you just two examples. The reason these two examples are important is because political parties think they know and so they express things in a way that voters don't relate to. And people decide, that's it. I'm, I'm, I, these guys don't understand me. They don't listen. I'm gone. So we're offering a politics that speaks to people in terms of the way they relate to issues. So let's go on to your question. At our convention, which was a policy conference, we had six teams. The top two things were family and community. Mm -hmm. Those people that you saw singing like they do in an ANC conference and had traveled from all over the country. There were two things fundamentally, how to, how to make sure that families are healthy, safe, and thriving, and how to make sure that communities are healthy, safe, and thriving. Those are the two things that people worry about every day. It's either their kids, their brother, their sister, themselves, their neighbor, and so on. Everything else around politics needs to be built around those two things. And so there are the other four. It's governance, because you need a politics that works for family and community. It is the economy. It is uh, the fifth one is nation building. And the sixth one is climate change. So mm. we've had six big topics that are the basis of our politics. And and some people think, ah, oh, you guys are you an NGO? We say no, we're not. <laughs> but look at the <laughs> look at the people. There's like a thousand of them in this hall. So we understand something you don't, uh, and I don't mean you. I mean when we're in conversation. Yeah. But um, how, are, how are you hearing? You know the the message, and and the, and the, you know like your message, your core message to the rest of South Africa because. Uh, I think being a new political party, you you are, you know, you have a lot of work to do in order to be, you know, you know, to to be, to popularize uh, the party, you know, so that people can vote for it, uh, and to convince them that you, you know, you are the right political party uh, to take the aspirations forward. How are you? How are you going to, to achieve that? We what have about, a, a millions because that. that no, I, I wish I wish you did. We are a political party because we have to register. We're not a political party, we are a movement. So let me tell you who else is in our ecosystem. Uh, we have a lot of the political parties that uh, took part in the local elections at a local level. If you remember, there were these parties formed by independents and so they're part of our ecosystem. That's that's one example. We have a lot of community level organizations um in in our in in our in our organization we even have national organizations so at our convention there were representatives of various organizations um including organizations you've probably never heard of Ubunya Bama Hostel 130,000 members nationally the Amadiba crisis committee they affected the mining affected communities of South Africa and so on so we've built, and we are continuing to build a coalition of organizations that worry about the same issues. Now, you would think that's different. It's not. That's how the ANC wins. 
the reason they call themselves a movement is because of what they've done. So that's the first thing. The second thing is there is a reason why our name is Rise Mzans. Do you know what our message is to people? Mm -hmm. It is that if we don't, so at the back of each T-shirt, Rise Mzans T-shirt that you see over the last few months is a quote by Hank Stewart. It is our time. It is our turn. If we do nothing, it will be. We tell people, this is your opportunity to create the change that you want. If you think there is a future where you simply vote for us and you stay at home, the change is not going to happen. We need to stand up together and get up and go and mobilize people and so on. And so our method of organizing is that we have organizers, volunteers, and supporters. We will have a million by March next year across all three. Before the convention, we were growing at about 12,000 a week. And that was before the convention. This week, it's at about 20,000 a week. And those are people who sign up to be part of this movement. So we are doing this that in a way that upends even the way you guys are asking the question, which is, what are you going to do for me? Nope. We insist. This is not where we do things for you. This is where we do things together. Because guess what? We are voters ourselves. We are fed up like you. If we don't all stand up, nothing happens. Can I ask one question? Um, yes. When you go onto the ballot paper and you see all those more than 23 political parties, most of them are male-dominated and they're male-led. But mm. in terms of most political parties, they tend to say, hey, we'll do this for the youth and the women, but they end up not doing it. What makes your political party different, especially when it comes to issues of structure and women and youth uh, in terms of the role that they play? Yeah. So one of the things we set out to do from the onset is that we are not going to have leagues. So if you were to, if you go on our website and you look at our leadership, the youngest member of the national leadership is 27 years old, is Lawrence Manak. He okay. was vice president of equal education. He resigned to, to do this. I am 47 years old. I'm the third oldest person in our leadership team. Okay. The rest are younger than me, <laughs> right? More than half are women. And so you, you can't say you want to create the change and you want young people to drive the change, but they're sitting in a corner there being a league and they mm. must come and make representations to the older people. Same with women. So our chair is a woman. Our vice chair is a is a is a woman. Uh, our about four other members of our national leadership collective are women, and and the majority of our leadership team is under the age of forty. Uh, for instance, so why would you have a league uh, for for that? But here's the point: the, if you even look at our social uh, channels you probably will realize that the guys who are on the ground for us are between the ages of 18 and 30. Because okay. they are seeing themselves in the leadership. They are seeing their issues being ventilated by themselves, by people that look like them. Irfan uh, was part of the FISMAS fall movement. He's 27, right? Mm. He, he is head of the South African Youth Alliance, Progressive Youth Alliance, for instance. So We've put those people in the leadership because there are no youth issues in South Africa, to be honest with you. 
Unemployment affects the youth more. But one of the things people in communities will tell you that this business of saying uh, we prioritize people under 35 is wrong because people are mothers, they've got children and so on. They are still unemployed. And, and you tell them they're not going to get a job because they are they're over 35, right? So the youth is affected by the same issues affecting their parents, unfortunately, but they are best placed to lead. Going back to convention, what was the content of the declaration of the convention? Like, you know, what 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 in the end, um, you know, have you guys uh, resolved that you are going to do for South Africa? So what we've decided is not what we are going to do for South Africa. Transaction here with voters. We need to do this together. If we don't do this together, it does not happen. So that's really important. But a couple of things. The first is that we really said it. I'm paraphrasing all of this because the declaration is long. So the first yeah. is we need to take care of the basics. One of the things we've said is that every family needs to have three square meals a day. Millions of families don't have that privilege. You can focus and we can talk about it, three, four different policy solutions towards that outcome, but you need to do that. That's the first thing. The second thing is we need to have political reforms that give more power to the people and take it away from political parties in particular. That means changing the electoral system. That means changing the powers of the government vis-a-vis -vis powers of parliament and what MPs can demand. But ultimately, the people must be able to fire MPs and members of legislature when they are not performing in the middle of their term. Otherwise, the democracy does not work. So that's a second example. The third has got to do with managing the, the economy. And we are saying that governance is critical in, in arriving at an economy that works. You need a strong state. You know, every business is in a municipality. There's an Auditor mm. General's report. What does it say? All the municipalities are in crisis. Now you want to talk clever economic policy when everything is collapsing at every locality. It doesn't work. So one of the things that declaration does is to link these things, to say you can't do one without the other. You need to manage the government properly. You need to have a proper governance system and manage government finances effectively so that you can invest it in the in proper economic outcomes for, for people and, and, and so on. So it takes that tone uh, and that way of, of looking at things. And, and we can dig then into more detail. I'm happy to make a couple of examples in practicality what it means. So in terms of... Um... You already mentioned the part how you stand to be different, especially from other political parties due to the fact. But how are you planning to recruit uh, South Africans, especially professionals? In because ah. it's, yeah, because in terms of what you just said, I can hear how the target market is young professionals that actually feel excluded from political. Uh, in terms of I, how are you planning not, to do that? It's not. So, okay. so one of the things, no, no, no. So, so by the way, 45% of our activists are unemployed. They're unemployed, they don't have a job. Uh, mm. our, our activists come from villages uh, right across the country, from Limpopo, from Pumalanga, Eastern Cape, and, and so on, uh, firstly. Uh, the second thing is that they, uh, they 
tend to be from low income communities actually um so so i think because of my professional background there is a general assumption that <laughs> that mm. is main target market professionals are really important and tell you why they're important they're important in the sense that the work of the government is very serious we take it for granted the most complex organization in any country is the government there is nothing that comes near anywhere as close in importance and the kind of money that you're talking about as a government. You need the right people to do the work of the South African people. Mm. And in as far as professionals are concerned, we are saying, think about doing what we did. We left jobs in the corporate sector to do this because we care about the country. You need to step up too because the poor have been fighting the struggles every day while we drive, while we grow our careers. They're not new to this. You're the ones who need to come and join the poor people that have been struggling all along because you've got the means, you've got the language, you've got the articulation of the issues. And so that's kind of how we in this uh, this movement. I mean, Ubunye Bama Hostela is for hotel dwellers. <laughs> it's not a... <laughs> I mean, sure, we had the BMF uh, president at our at our con business council at our convention. We had, uh, you know, other organizations at our convention. Sure, but the message is come and join the people. Now, with new political parties and the registration fee that IEC is asking for, we saw that majority of upcoming small parties they struggle to put together that money in terms of. Also, fundraising also becomes a problem. How are you going to be different from that? Because I can no, we, see have, we, we are not different. We are struggling. So let me tell you, <laughs> after, this, after this conversation, do you know where I'm going? I'm going to a fundraising meeting. So, so, you know, it's hard, man, because, you know, when you don't have a track record, you have no seats in parliament. You are an unknown political entity. You know, like... I would go to people to raise money and they say, which which big shots are part of your thing? Now, yeah. a big shot is someone from the ANC, right? I say, okay, so what do you mean? So they mentioned KBC Jonas and all of these people. And then I have to say, but the people already don't like these guys. Like, you want something new, but you want me to place KBC Jonas there. Like, you want to vote from KBC because you're comfortable with him as part of the elites, but the people are like, I, this guy is part of this crowd that has messed up everything. Mm. And so struggle, you know, that convention that we did, we wanted to have a thousand delegates. Okay. We ended up with a, with just over 700, between 750 and 800. We ended up at constitutional kill under a stretch tent because we can't afford Nasrak. <laughs> That's the bottom line. So but I must also be thankful to professionals, by the way, professionals and business people. You know, our very first donor was a guy who owns a famous restaurant in Soweto, in Orlando. I won't name him because he didn't want us to name him. Okay. But we've had, you know, I must tell you, I get touched. People, we've got debit orders for 7000 every month, uh, 8000 Some people give us 80000 There's lots of those. Uh, people basically say, look, I can't join your thing. It will affect my career, but yes, money. People arrange fundraising. You know, there was a play in Joburg that was going to run for three weeks. The producers started the day before. 
and all the proceeds from the play, uh, from that uh, night uh, proceedings, uh, they gave them to us. And these are young people, the young entrepreneurs, uh, professionals, and, and business people. So we are grateful, but man, I must tell you, fundraising is hard when you're new. And given that you have already been registered with the IEC, mm. uh, and this this whole year uh, is is a year you can use for campaigning towards the next year's elections. Yeah. Are you are you going to wait for 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 next year's elections exclusively, or are you going to participate in any by elections that may come up uh, in, in 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 local government? You know, to no. test your no, by elections, we are unlikely to do. And I'll tell you a little bit about our organizing model. We are unlikely to do because they suck money you don't have. To be honest with you, we don't have money to fight by elections <laughs> because you, you end up spending, uh, you know, five, six hundred thousand on a by election, right? Uh, I mean, I mean, that's yeah. 10 meetings, that's 10 fundraising meetings eh, for me to get that yeah. kind of money. So, uh, you know, we, we can't do But here's our organizing model. We already have now over 1,200 full-time organizers. Each organizer has about 100 volunteers minimum each. Okay? Each volunteer has a further 80 to 100 supporters that they work with. Right? We Our target is to get to 5,000 by the end of March next year, so that in April... Man for man on the street, we can match the ANC with boots on the ground. And we encourage yeah. people to organize in their local structure. So what is our rate right now? It's 20,000 a week. Yeah. That's a current rate now that we are acquiring uh, supporters, right? Because you, you need to do mkhabulo, you talk to people. We don't have money for billboards. <laughs> and in any case, billboards don't talk, they just stare at you. And so to get around this resourcing issue, we are putting boots on the ground. We are using social media and, and so on. Hmm. Interesting. Do you, do you think, uh, you know, like using as, as an independent analyst, do you think this is this is achievable? Even your, your, your volunteers, the boots on the ground, are people who would do the work, but they would be hungry at the end of the day. They would want to eat. They would want to drink water and so on. Is this achievable, Dave? In your in your in your in your perspective? Well, based based the fact that we based in Zanzi and anything is possible, <laughs> it is possible due to the fact that I've seen most political parties, they do have volunteers that actually dedicate themselves and their times because people have hope. And people tend to, they choose political parties based on the hope that is being presented to them. And yeah. All of a sudden, they got a couple of seats due to volunteers that actually have been doing that. But my biggest problem is political parties, after they acquire those seats, they tend to forget the the, the volunteers ah, that actually did the work. Ah, in fact, you raise, you see, 
Now you're getting to our politics, by the way. So it's not the volunteers that you forget as only, right? Do you know mm -hmm. what they, they disappear from the community altogether? They, they disappear. disappear completely, yeah. So so this is the thing. This is why we arise in Zanzibar and we organize the way we do. So if, gentlemen, give yourselves just 30 minutes. Go and look at our social media pages. What you will see is our activists solving some or other problem in the community continuously. We're doing that through to 2026, mm -hmm. right? Because what turns people off politics is that you go there, you say, vote for me. When, when I get to parliament, I'll think of you and solve your problem. People hate that, right? What people want to see is presence. What people want to see is activism around issues that affect them. Mm. And so what do you see our guys doing? You see our guys fighting LGBTIQ struggles. You see our guys cleaning up their communities. You see our guys fixing Gogo's houses with whatever they, they can find in the local community. On our WhatsApp groups, people are mobilizing for food, for hungry families and so on, and people donate and that kind of thing, right? You need to stay in the community. The reason when you look at our pictures, you always seeing people walking the streets, meeting people under trees, in sports fields and so on. Do that every day for years. So mm. we, we don't think we're going to win the election next year and it doesn't worry us. That's not our aim. We're aiming at 2029 because we know these guys. Once the election is over, they're gone. We're going to be there. And we will decimate them in 2026 because they always make the same mistake. After the election, they're gone. Next election, they come back. Next election, they're gone. We stay. How many seats are you hoping for in the next year general elections in the National Assembly? I'll tell you what number is possible for us by way of mm. votes. The number of seats depends on, uh, on the formula and the turnout. On our organizing model, it is possible to get between 1.2 and 1.3 million votes. And I must tell you, when we go and recruit supporters, we know them by name. We've got their ID number. We've got their phone number. We know if they're registered. We talk to them every day. That is why you need all the volunteers and organizers, and they need to have their 100 plus people. It's not let, just let, let, me, let me test. Let me test what you just said. Do you yeah. have people in the state? Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> do yes, you have we people do. in 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 the first state, in the free state. In first, yeah, we do. Yeah. In 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 Mangaung. Oh yes. In fact, our provincial convener is in Mangaung right now. You know, as, as a way to getting you know food in their stomachs. Um, is that a possibility? Is that is that some some of some of the people have joined Rise Zanzi for that you know for economic emancipation for themselves? You know that you know they may they may just get like any any living you know no matter how limited it is, uh, you know yeah. from Rise yeah. Zanzi. No, no, we, we get cases like that. I mean, for instance, I was in one of the provinces. I won't shame them. And one of the things I had to speak about is, guys, you can't be organizers and suppliers eh, for the event. You can't do both because it, it breaks the organization. You you know, then people start fighting about why I didn't do the catering at the other event. And, and now you're fighting as the organizers. You are 100% correct. It's a daily struggle. It's a daily struggle. You've got to say to people, guys, you make a choice. Even when you recruit, people are going to be organizers. 
if somebody is joining because they were trying to get a tender in the municipality and so on, I, that one must be a supporter, not an organizer, because it's going to cause us problems. But that's a reality of South Africa. You are right, Thompson. But how, how do we move away from that? Because, uh, you know, mm. that, that those are real, real struggles. No, it's it's hard. You know, it's it's really about it's really about just sometimes asking people to choose. I mean, we spent a whole hour in the meeting uh, that I'm referring to. Where I was saying, I'm sorry, you've really got to choose. Otherwise, we have the same problems as the ANC is having, right? Which is people want a position so that they can supply the company. I mean, sometimes you get cases where you realize the, the guy who brought the taxes is a cousin of someone. <laughs> so, gentlemen, I'll be honest with you, it's a, it's a constant struggle. I won't say we don't have that issue. It crops up from time to time. It's just about trying to deal with it all the time. Mr. Zivi, um, yes. please explain this. We are warriors of freedom. We yeah. dare not and will not fall. Yes. What inspired that? It's our definition of freedom. Okay. And so when we when we have a, a meetings at community level, people describe freedom in this way. If you are afraid in your own home of crime or being afraid of uh, walking in your community during the day or at night, you are not free. Mm. If you don't have a job, you can't be free to build your life. You don't have the means to build your life, right? And so on. And so with Rise Mzanzi, freedom is not actually the right to vote per se. Freedom is the opportunity to live the life that is possible for you. And that life is healthy and meaningful. So when I was saying that to those delegates, they understood it in that context to say, we are our own warriors for this freedom that we want. Mm. And we will not rest and we will not fail uh, in that mission because it's about putting food on the table. Talking about freedom and uh, and warriors, uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm thinking now about the, you know, the, the conflict in Palestine and Israel. What, yes. what, what is the Rising stance or view you know, in, in that particular conflict? I mean, there, there are two things. and The first one is the immediate, right? And and by that, I mean, you know, for people like us who are removed from a situation, we get into the weeds of the politics. But if you are a Palestinian and there are bombs falling on top of houses and so on every day, right? What is the number one thing that you want? <laughs> you want the bombs to stop falling, it's a ceasefire. Because you can't sleep, you can't get food, you can't get water, you can't get medicine and so on. So the first thing that we are calling for in that whole conflict is a ceasefire so that there can be humanitarian assistance. There can also be space for the for the for 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 peace talks to begin, right? That's if that's the first thing. And one of the things we've asked for is that the global leaders who are making all the threats about one or other thing and sending a uh, threatening to send a uh, weapons and and so on their people are thousands of kilometers away they're not affected <laughs> right ultimately said people there so that's the first thing the second thing that will solve the issue and we focus on what will solve the issue finally 
what you need is an independent, fully sovereign Palestinian state. What do I mean by fully sovereign? If you're a Palestinian and you need to go somewhere, you need to get permission from the Israeli government to travel. That's not so full sovereignty. Right? That's not full sovereignty, right? You are a homeland, right? Or some something like that. So ultimately, Israel's own security lies in a free Palestinian state. That has got full sovereignty. That can be an independent neighbor with the state of Israel. Now, they might choose to have a relationship or not, but it is important to say, ultimately, that is the outcome. And if there are any peace negotiations, there can be no doubt that that is a minimum outcome that you should get out of that negotiation. Anything else is just politics and it's not going to help, unfortunately. You'll still get more violence for decades to come. So, do you think that the, the, our government's response, uh, you know, to 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 that conflict is a, is, is a correct response? Look, I think, in as far as it expresses this position that I've taken, which is that you need a, a sovereign Palestinian state, it is. But where I got conflicted with the president, right? I think he said in the same breath, "I want to mediate in the thing." Okay, now that's inconsistent. Because when Ukraine and Russia were fighting, they said, we won't blame anyone because we want to mediate, right? Now you get here and you say you want to mediate at the same time. You're like, okay, dude, choose. Do you want to mediate or do you want to express your opinion and leave the mediation to others? So there is a sort of a confusion, but insofar as it calls for a sovereign Palestinian state, living side by side with the sovereign state of Israel, and the two have got equal sovereignty, then that position is, is a correct position. And I think globally, uh, that is acknowledged, save by a few people. Yeah. And uh, before we let you go, is there perhaps a a message that you'd want uh, rem you know, to remain in, 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 you know, in the imagination of our viewers and... Uh, most South Africans or all South Africans about uh, Raizm Zanzi and his message towards the elections? It is this. If we don't stand up and fight for the change that we want, no political party is going to do that on its own. There is no future where we sit at home and we hope that a political professional acting on their own is going to solve the problem. For 30 years we've done that. It has not worked. It is time for all of us to try and fight for the future we want. It's not just about voting, it's about organizing our friends, our family, our fellow colleagues at work where we're lucky enough to work. Now, obviously I want those people to vote for Rise Mzansi, but you know what? If it's another political party, that's fine too in a democracy, but please don't just sit and tweet. That's not gonna make the change. Do something, and that's what we're doing. And thank, thank you, you very much, uh, Mr. Zibi. Siabli uh, you, 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 you have a, you've also infused a sense of, uh, of, 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 uh, you know, curiosity in me, like you know, to go learn more about the uh, rise mm. uh, uh, so Yeah, good luck with 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 all your campaigns and your endeavors, and uh, yeah, peace.
Tell me. Before, before Mr. Zibibos, you know, here's the funny thing. Of all mm. my history, especially in the media industry, this is the first politician that I ever get to speak with without him mentioning other political parties or politicians, <laughs> always focusing on his own agenda and addressing it. It's quite interesting. That's why I'm also curious now to actually say, I want to see what's going to happen now. Yeah, no, no, thank you. thank you so much for noticing that. That's deliberate, by the way. You know, yeah. uh, we've spent so much time complaining about political parties we don't like, that we don't pay enough attention to what needs to be done. Uh, you yeah. know, that's why we're calling ourselves an alternative, not an opposition. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad you've noticed. We, we just never spend time on other political parties at all. No, it's quite interesting and all the best. Eh? Thank you. That was the current review with uh, Mr. Songezo Zibi of Rising uh, Zanzi. Tabs are from the Answer podcast.